0: she's such a threat
1: we choose the right to be who we are we know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom there's a way to live with earth and a way not to live with earth we choose the way of earth
0: it's about power
2: Uh, Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with a good heart, and this is a voice from the earth, and it's good for all of us to be here. You're listening to First Voices Radio and and Ghost Horse Sending you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Esopus, or what Americans and Dutch call the Catskill Mountains. Regardless, it is the highlands of the Esopus and the lands of the Muncie, speaking Lenape. This is an all-native hosted, all-native produced, First Voices Radio. And Liz Hill from the Red Lake Anishinaabe Nation is the producer of First Voices Radio. You can now hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Spotify as well as First Voices Indigenous Radio.org for archive, downloading, and listening. Well, folks, I'd like to thank you for joining us here on First Voices again. And, and um we have a very special evening this hour. We have three guests in studio: Jonathan Gonzalez, we have Capiolani, A. Lernal, and Lucas Jatoba. I'm talking Mexico, I'm talking Hawaii. And the northwest of, of North America or Turtle Island, and I'm talking Brazil. And so we bring this together once a month. We bring voices, young and old, together on First Voices from now on until we don't. <laughs> so I'd like to think about that in knowing that First Voices of Radio used to be called First Voices Indigenous Radio at one time because it was about indigenous and many people at that time. Still knew how to live with the earth, but I'm finding that's hard to find. Indigenous people still not living with the earth because anybody can say, I'm indigenous to the earth, but we're forgetting how to live indigenously. So I recently was in Costa Rica and I spoke to this, um, to a crowd of academics and I said something very simple that that kind of made them sit up straight. I said, You know. Mother Earth has always treated us indigenously, but we have never. We have, it's hard for us to treat Mother Earth indigenously as peoples. And then I added that because we continue to, to speak, we continue. Um, how did I say this? We cannot awaken those who are pretending to be awake. So I said this in inside of, 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 in. in continuation of saying the academic language we're using is untouchable it's not reachable for many people because that comes from a class race and even the privilege of those who could afford to go to academia was a, was a place in Athens with Plato and the like and later on I got to be where the only elite who could afford to go got their education it's the same way and so everybody else is considered, the common people, the simple people, the redneck, even in this case, the blue collar, right? So those peoples who are uneducated aren't held up uh, on that pedestal of education, and academic stand, academic um, statue. As a, as a person of, of learned knowledge that many people think they are, but they have no experience with that information and with that knowledge So what I'm saying is they need wisdom, and that wisdom is often because of experience with the land. And I I want that to come between us as we introduce ourselves. And this is a a language of indigenous peoples in studio here. And whatever comes, comes because this is a no-agenda show. There's no agenda Whatever comes, comes. But I want to invite the the earth into the studio. I want to invite the air, the water, the fire, the night, the stars, the plants, the animals. Without even ceremony, this is what we do. We're not making a ritual out of it. This is what we do. You know, we all drink water. And last time we drank water together. And that started us off in this conversation is to always... Tokahe Maka is that we put the earth first, always. And then so we so we can speak for her, from her and with her. So in that way, welcome to First Voices Radio Kapiolani.
1: Mm. Aloha mai kakahi a kakako. Uh, ko noa Kapiolani. Um, I am Kanaka Maoli and Haida and Tsipsian. On my Haida side, I'm Igo. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah.
2: Jonathan?
3: Tao Guatiao, Pomatum, Daka Jonathan Gonzalez. Uh, I am Boricua Taino on my mother's side and my dad's side, Chinanteco uh, from Oaxaca, Mexico. Uh, grateful to be here uh, once again.
0: Boa noite, amigos e amigas. I'm Lucas Jatobá. I'm a photographer from Brazil. Um, this time living here in around this Hudson Valley. I'm I'm very happy to be here again.
2: Yeah. And I got to know all of you quite individually. You know, Jonathan and then Capilani, then Lucas. And then I thought, well, you know, there's a certain calm that's with us as indigenous folks. Kind of this under... coming from the earth peace. And it, it really... I can feel the difference Mm, because my body just kind of gets settled. My heart rate slows down. I feel more full spectrum, so to speak. And I'm not kind of coming from conceptual thinking. I'm just here like, wow, this feels like we could spend a whole hour not saying anything. We could do that. But because we're on a radio and this, Time concept is very precious that we need to get a small but big voice of Indigenous peoples out there so that they hear they hear us and how much we've endured, how much strength we have, and how much optimism we seem to always have, regardless, mm-hmm. you know. And so we have to talk about our history. We have to talk about whatever future there is, but also that to remain in the present. And I think that's what it is. And last time we talked from a friend of ours, um, Elnor Elnor Ladha, who is Sufi, and he, he reminded me of a phrase that remember that what we're afraid to talk about comes out as present phobic language in English. We are. We don't want to be here. We want to be someplace better because mm-hmm. we don't like what we where we've been. But we talk in, you know, diatribes of okay, but it was that way. So let's now well, let's make America better. Sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. Let's let's perpetuate the system that's still killing the earth, without even talking about the shadow of bettering ourselves in the the system, the society. So just to begin with. Mm.
3: Well, thank, thank you. This is Jonathan. Uh, I, I love what you're saying, and I love the, the feeling of being in this space with you all. Um, I do feel that, that sense of groundedness, and uh, I think it comes from... Um, well, as you said, it feels like it comes right from the earth. And um, when I'm feeling at my worst, I feel like I am... I forget. I forget m- that Mother Earth is holding us. You know, I forget my connection. I mm-hmm. forget my relationships. I forget my relativity to all things, and and it's like we're in a society that has forgotten that, and um, and it feels like it in- infiltrates my my body until I mm, take the time to breathe and be here now and. Remind myself that it's it's always there, you know. I was just listening to the song uh, "Rage Against the Machine," "People of the Sun," <laughs> you know, and I and I thought I was like, "Dang, like I'm I'm of the sun," you know. This is my oldest relative, one of my oldest relatives, and when when I feel that, I can almost feel the warmth of the sun, even if it's right on the you know the other side of the earth, and and that just brings me joy, and that just brings me calm um, when I recognize that we're all people of the sun, but especially in this way of recon- recognizing my indigeneity, my native ancestors, my relatives. Um, so it's just an opportunity to feel in the moment, to feel present. And um, this this gratitude, I mean, we have this thing of... Um, saying what we're grateful for this past holiday but it happens only for one holiday (laughs) and so that feels like inherent in our disconnection that's part of our disconnection that we have to name a day that we can say oh I'm thankful for this or I'm thankful for that but if we were able to just say this breath I'm thankful for We'd be able to get there more regularly.
1: Hmm. I think it, it all stems back too to the language, right? When we think of um, the word aloha, like they're in indigenous languages, and I know you talk about this a lot, Tiocasin. It's like they're inherently um, grateful every single day. So, like that term aloha, you know, sharing. Well. The closest way that we can describe it is sharing in this breath of life, of giving life, um, life-giving qualities to everything, to everything—not just a person, but to, to land, to water. Um, but the fact that that is one of the the things that we use to desc- describe our relationship to something every single day it becomes inherent. But then when you're in this structure, the system that defines when you need to say or be grateful, that's driven, of course, by money, um, it it just, it becomes empty. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, you were talking about you, about, this is Lucas speaking, um, about that, the thing of, living, just just being there and being present week, And I think that it's something that I've really, I was, I grew up in the city, uh, different cities, but I grew up in the city environment. And I pretty much think about everything that I'm gonna do. I pretty much think about everything that I gotta do. And you're pretty much thinking about everything. So you get overwhelmed about how many thoughts that you have, and once you stop sometimes, and you take a breath, like like Jonathan was saying, you realize that you're thinking too much, mm-hmm. and that the, and that thinking. is not. It's not a process. It, it is a natural process from the human being. But it's a process that has been implemented through us, through generations of society and that mind, and that derives from from money, from where we got to be, what we got to do to own stuff, to have money, and things like that. And it's crazy, because it makes us always be worried, and... Not enjoying,
2: like what we, what we should be enjoying, like being here. <clears throat> so this present phobic language that I talk about is. I think I said one time that being taken out of the 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 the, the tribe or the people or the, the extended family, put into an institution, telling you you cannot be indigenous because you were you were that way, like you said, referred. We were that way, but you can't be that way in the future. So where does that leave us but here? So they put us in a good place. We're in the present, but the language we're being forced to speak that says that we don't want to be here. We want that new car. We want that whatever, that prestige job. We want these things. But in the end, it seems, does does it really matter? And, And an uncle would say that... If you can't take it now, why take it with you? Oh, if you, if you can't take it with you, why take it now? You know, so he was saying these things and I didn't get it until, yeah. So are we taking too much from the earth? Are we taking too much information that kind of leads to the addictiveness? Um, our personalities become addictive to that, um, phone that, you know, because that, that stirs something synapse or synapse up in our brain and I feel excited so it's like drinking caffeine so we find places to get us excited because we're really bored with who we are right so we always are looking outside of ourselves so we don't want to be here because we don't know how to be you see and it's uh again leading to psychological alibis too. Mm -hmm. To say, well, this is why I don't want to be here, and this is these are the rationalities of it. So i have think I'm, I was thinking about something like a rational mind. Rationale is is kind of self. This is my ration right here. You all are by rational, and then there's intuitive, which goes out relational. Intuitive is relational, and that a rational mind can describe the elements in the body, while an intuitive soul or spirit can feel the elements alive and be able to speak those languages of the elements like fire, earth, water, um, and wind, right? So the body, the intuitive mind, body, and souls can speak and feel the languages of communication with the elements of the plant nations, the standing silent nations, which they are, the animal nations, bird nations, water nations, all those nations, insect nations and stones, and and, and they are in the creation. And to me, that's my education, is my education, will be my education, because I've gone to the libraries. I've gone to the deep, dark dungeons of the libraries and read as much as I could. And it just made me feel more, I don't know, the wood in the book. I felt the wood in the book. You know, so, you know, that that's how I thought. I thought about the other side of the sun rather than looking at the sun and describing what I saw. I thought about the other side of the sun and it wasn't a book that made me think that way. It was my relationship with the land. so the intuitive side of us really seems to be what I feel is missing out here. And as, as we look out the, the bay window, the radio station here, There's cars going by, a constant a constant feeding of data. It's like data going by, and everything is different, but it's the same road. But it's built upon the largest oil spill in the world, which is asphalt. Mm. Right? No one thinks about that. So you know these languages of not wanting to be here. That's what I mean by present phobic, or about the future and/or the past. And so that, that's what America has put us, is just thinking that we don't want to be here. And all of our children on reservations, people of so-called color, their suicide rate is way up. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're doing it through weapons or they're doing it through drugs or behavior, mm-hmm. gangs, all those social ills that weren't, that I can say they weren't here, they're here now, but we don't know what to do about them in the future because we've lost contact with what we are, who we are. And we've become that American and accepted the, the NGO status or the nonprofit profit status that that's going to help us stay in place or at least survive it. You see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one example would be, I talked to a friend who just came back from Brazil and he had gone to Sao Paulo and in this São Paulo, there's many the ghetto, the barrio, right? So the and people are applying for NGO, they're applying for non-profit money. And what they do within that barrio is that they apply so that they can conduct an activity in the neighborhood. And they come over here and do this. So they're all maintaining themselves by applying for grants. But outside of that periphery or the native people in the jungle. They get nothing. The land is being torn away from them. The culture is slowly eroding. But this is what it made a cell or cells of dependencies within cities.
0: And makes those people that are outside the city, they come to the city and to populate those peripheries, those excluded spaces in the urban environment because they're getting their lands out. The ones that survive, because there are several being killed right now, so the ones that survive, they go to, to the cities because there's a, the place that um, that's left. So they just go. And then you create another diaspora and you that keeps going on and on and on
3: I wonder about this idea of the the jungles being like something of what we might refer to as the Commons and something like the Commons are uh, outdated you know and we have to have not something that's common because we even that, that word we could look at it as um oh common is like low brow or low class or something that's for commons is always like not given the um same kind of uh love and attention that uh, something that was private or like a you know like an organization like has built up um so um it's like this uh, when we separate ourselves from what's what are the commons and from each other and we go into this privatized world where even common spaces are owned by corporations and by the government and by these not-for-profits or whatever you might want you know all the different entities Um, we still find ourselves always separating 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 and this is like the way that we go from intuition Uh, how we move away from intuition when we move away from the commons when we move away from what is here for all of us you know soon we're gonna probably be paying for the the air and I don't say that um, like as a joke because how we're we're already paying for water you know we're already paying um, for for all of all the things we're paying for heat you know, or we have to even go out and buy firewood because we don't live in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a life in a society that provides for itself. We have to pay in order to play, right? We have to pay in order to get education. Mm-hmm. We have to pay to get any of our needs met unless we go outside of the box, outside of the system, into these commons which are becoming less and less. Uh, available to us. So, um, it, it all kinds of feeds this addictive personality, this addictive, um, habits that we have, that we form mm-hmm. because, um, like I, I heard once, like the opposite of addiction is, uh, um, connection, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not sobriety, it's connection. It's, mm-hmm. but it's more like awakening our connection because it's always been there so we become obsessed with these um these things that aren't even serving the greater good right we we so we come into these cities because we feel like this is the way we're, that we're going to live and we we start to be told uh, you don't need to live that way let's abandon the commons let's move on
1: mm. yeah i think that's what worries me most right is like at at what point are we going to lose our memory. That mm. I, I'm really I've been so concerned about. This is what 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 the world is like now. What are our children? What are they gonna? What's going to happen to them? Mm. You know, I think we're we're the generation right now, um, the three of us, who we have a responsibility now to think about um, how to take care of. Uh, "Quote unquote," those addictions, right? Mm. Um, for our young people, it, that's what I'm really curious about mm. these days. Is asking the question, "What, what next? Then, how are we going to remember, and how are we going to pass that along? Because now our young people are the addiction is going to be in the the one click, the likes, and the mm-hmm. you know the subscriptions and um, social media, and 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 again, that is beginning to feed into, um, you know, uh, mental health, suicide, all the things that we have been faced with as Native communities, we have been dealing with, but I, I, I do feel as if it's accelerating right now. Um, that's what I've been curious about most.
2: It is, to me, curious in mean, a sense of um, you want to almost want to pr- protect automatically that's a natural thing but it goes deeper because you know what settles me most is is if i go to a fire if i'm sitting in a crowd full of non-native people i'm still still because that energy is being fed from the earth much more so than someone who comes to bless the earth i don't get it but like i why do you have to do that because the earth is doing that already you know, so who am I to bless the earth, you know, type of thing. But we're so, we're still, we're adhering to how to think differently other than native. Because we we kind of cannot bite the hand that feeds us. So, and then you mentioned earlier that though if you don't tell them what they want to hear, they're going to go find someone of a weaker mind and bring them so to validate them so that we can copy a ceremony that they have because we have that one valid Native person, right? Even if he's not Native, at least they look like a dark Italian, right? And so these things are out there and they're, they're just playing a game, playing a role and then mimicking what is a, a Native ceremony that has no meaning at all because you don't, you don't, these are, I don't know very private they're very i can, I can't even use the word sacred because that that they use it all the time, but it's something that we do all the time we recognize that's in place, not someone who's just again saying the right words to get by so I think part of, part of it um, when you talk about president phobic language is also understanding that we cannot go to a place of solutionism because that's the mindset that told us there's a problem. We are the Indian problem. We are the indigenous problem, but we're their problem because we're not adhering to the rules and regulations. So think about that when we come back. Um, this is First Forces Radio, and my name is Teokasen Ghost Horse, and we're spending time with Kapiolani Larinal, and uh, Lucas Jatoba and Jonathan Gonzalez, and this is First Voices Radio. That's music out of the Middle East. I believe it's Sufi. It's a blind Sufi singing. It's land. It's, it's music from other place that helps me concentrate and contemplate, I would say. And so um, we were talking while we were away from First Voices Radio here, Capilani brought up something as well as um, Lucas and Jonathan, Lucas Shatoba and Jonathan Gonzalez. And we were talking about education in a way. How do we understand it? You know, the trip that generations have is very much different, but it winds up being the same because it comes from the same source. And as I described, education coming out of um, the West, of, out of uh, academia in Greece, that, it, that people could not reach that goal unless they could afford to. So we have master's degrees. But does that make us any different than we could say no or rationalize ourselves saying, well, we don't really want to think that way. It's like I can come out here into this America Americana and talk about football and I'd only get a certain way of thinking and I could go to academic worlds and only have to think a certain way, right? But it's almost like I'm performing all the time, putting on a show and it's like who are you really without the degrees, without the helmet of football, without your TVs, without... Who are you really? Do you know who you are? So that type of education, you don't have to go very far to find that. So uh, my, my time is like, get, get good grades in high school. Don't break the law. Go out and get your education. Come back and help your people. But when I went back... There was no place for a job. For a year, I looked for a job on the reservation, which was all government, and I didn't want to work for the government. So I went away and buffered through this radio program and the job I had at the time, buffered for the traditional people on the reservation. In the meantime, there is that certain amount of sacrifice that we have to do with each other so that we know that we're still working for, first of all, the earth and the people f- who live from that earth. Like I belong to the Black Hills of South Dakota, which is not South Dakota, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I belong. I know that's where I come from. Just as much as we know where we all respectively come from, the lands that we, 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 our people are our DNA is from. So that's here now. And I think that's the good thing about, the good thing that we can work with out of being displaced is it brings us together and we can talk about these things and maybe leave an example that we can talk about these things. Whatever solution, which is not true, because we didn't cause the problem as Indigenous folks. But it's up to us to come up with maybe solving why we're in this position. You see, mm-hmm. oh, we can say, oh, I get a ticket and go home. I could do these things and go home. But are we really going home? You know, are we? can we do that? Can we go home while we sit in this studio?
1: Yeah, Tiokasin, that's something that I, earlier we were talking about, um, I, I'm. I was born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, uh, around the Native Hawaiian community, um, immersed in our culture, and then also around some of the local tribes, so the Muckleshoot, the Nisqually, the Puyallups. Our family has a, a couple of generations in that area, um, and as a Hawaiian specifically, I've always thought about. You know, we go out, we get our education. And then, am I doing... So we're here on the East Coast now, and I, I live in the city um, in the Bronx. And I always ask myself, am I doing what I need to do in order to serve my community? Because you get a lot of these nonprofits who are coming and asking about land acknowledgement. Can you help us with um, with what that means and, and First Nations um, relationships and building those? and And... I, I want to do it to an extent but then I always have to stop and say, wait a second, when when do I have to, to draw the line before it's giving too much of, um, I, I don't know if it's too much information or too much, uh, it, it's beginning to, to now have a negative impact mm. on uh, how people perceive native people. Because I'm Hawaiian, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and I'm here on the East Coast. You know, so, and I have to always think about and respect the people who are from here. And I always have to preface what I say to other organizations who are curious with, I am not from this area. I'm a guest here too. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm always thinking about that too, right? Is what I say, how is it also impacting um, the native folks like Jonathan, for example, who's also not, this isn't his homeland, but he's been in this area for a long time. You know, so I, I know I don't know Kingston as well as, as Jonathan might. And so I'm always kind of reckoning with um not only represent representing my own people, but also those who are already here and have been here.
2: Yeah, and you you it's it's difficult sometimes like okay, I can call Jonathan up. Okay, let's get together, plan it for a week. And then sometimes it doesn't come through. We have to look for ourselves, it seems. Like, you know, Lucas like, can you join us? You know, even for a cup of coffee, it's hard just just to have a meal together. So we think about that, but we go to those efforts to find each other to do that. And that's what brings us in a good way together. And we know that, oh, we remember each other. Jonathan lives there, and Capian lives there, and Lucas lives there. And I can go over these places, right? And it's not like we walk down the street and there you are. Mm -hmm. So I think that that brings it it makes it more. um, I don't like the word special, but it makes us special in that way that we can find each other that way. Yeah.
1: And knowing that Mm. without having to say anything, knowing that, oh, you're always welcome. You know, when you're in the city, just come by. Mm.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We've we've had these conversations, Kapiolani, where you know <clears throat> right away there was a kinship there was a relationship and we were like sister brother cousin you know whatever it was all of those things and more um but it was always um yeah i felt like there was a and there is a connection you know that that we share that is uh, not 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 better. I'm not, I don't want to use the terms better or worse or anything like that, but it's different and it's felt deeper inside. Um, so I'm I'm very grateful for that because uh, many times I find myself uh, missing something and not knowing what it is. You know, like um, m- missing even. Uh, knowing like who 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 is that when I, when I talk about my community, who is that? You know is it just where I live geographically well that's that's not that's not it for me, you know it's as much as uh, you know the plants and the trees um, and they spread out all throughout all throughout the region, you know all throughout this this land. You know, so that's my community, and then I have my homeland. You know, is that do do I feel that that relativity there? I certainly do. I f- I see it in my dreams. I see it in my visions. I feel it in my heart when I hear the language spoken. Like when I heard one of one of my first Taíno teachers speak in the language. I was there was it was a timelessness there was a sense of no mind of just the present and that extended infinitely Mm. forwards and backwards Mm. up and down and in all the directions but it was because of that I I felt it deeply you know Mm. just like I feel our relationship Mm -hmm. very deeply Mm -hmm. and I do feel that specialness
0: The uh, the talk that we we were having before about that disruption between nature and the life that we have reminded me of like in anthropology one of the things that we first learn when we, we start studying is that there is there exists a dichotomy between nature and culture and being nature anything that's not human, and culture is the creation of humanity. Culture is the creation of the human mind. So culture is is anything that surrounds us, that we created, and nature is what set uh, us apart from that. And we are in the time of the holidays, right? So, and one of the first um, things that we see that, that differentiation being created like is is in the Christian mythology, when God creates the earth and creates all the animals, all the plants and everything, and then says, now I create you, you are the humans and you are above all that. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have one of the first differentiations between what is human and what is nature, what is culture, and what is nature. And the academy that you were speaking about is the, that place of culture, of that human culture. And when you think about nature in academy, you think, for example, in biology, which is pretty much, you're talking about nature, but in a way that structured by the human minds. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're getting so those native... Knowledge, and applying that in a very different way, f- where from where they were taught at first. So, in in Brazil, it happened like in the um, uh, in the first Lula government, uh, the range of people getting to public education, to public universities, which are the best ones in the country um it started growing very quick and with that a lot of native people a lot of people that were excluded from that formal education started going to to college to to attend the universities and you nowadays you hear a lot of people saying i was the first one from my family to have access to to that formal education but with that came a whole new amount of problems that you, you wouldn't think of at first. For example, how those people were going to, even though like the, the the public education is for free. You don't need to pay to be at the university. You need to maintain yourself, and that life of uh, college student is not a life that you you can easily work. And so that was one of the problem. One of the other problem was people having to, people not feeling okay with professors were saying at class, what professors were teaching and confronting that and being uh, not well received, being overwhelmed in that environment because it was not their environment at the first place. Mm-hmm. It was always an environment that they were excluded off because uh, they were always told that that was not for them. And how do you solve that? Because what happened is exactly as you, you told you, I, I've seen people like native people that went to the university and then came out and what they're gonna do after that. When they come back to their communities, they're gonna keep living the way they'd ever lived. And they're not gonna find a job Elsewhere outside the academic community, but the academic community also does not is not welcome to them. Yeah. Mm. So,
2: and it's unfortunate that that happens too, because you see a certain amount of um, giving up culture in order to get civilized. Mm. And here's my paper to prove it. Right. I have a degree now. I can go earn lots of money and bring back and bring trinkets home and buy Christmas gifts for my family and all the things that you receive normally anyway, Mm. you know, daily. Mm. So holiday is not just that day. Holy day is the the etymology of holiday, holy days. So every day is holy, not just Mm. one day when they designate it. So even so that it just becomes commonplace that we are all that all the time we are all sacred all the time what happens to that knowledge what does that go and how do we treat each other do we gather ourselves up only during this time and survive the holidays mm. and yeah, this is how you're going to survive each other and then go home and whatever and to, to me all this imbalance doesn't work but this goes back to the point that you were making um Kapiolani, is that what happens once you achieve the education? Where do you go? Do you stay home? Do you are you are you perceived as being successful or unsuccessful, and by who? Mm-hmm. Did you lose contact with your elders who are now gone? Mm-hmm. Do you speak the language anymore? All these things that that maybe those who are listening to us don't understand what Indigenous peoples have to go through to, to even live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get all. We follow the rules. We get our. We get everything. The paper, pieces of paper. It says, "I got a job. I got a new. I got all this stuff." But yet, there's something missing.
3: Yeah. This. Um. It's like when my, when some of my uh, friends, white friends, who go away and um, come back home to their home, they consider this their home, right? And they consider this their community, and they're able to. Filter in and feather in and in, into those spaces. And it, it doesn't, I don't see that being the same with, um, with native people. Um, um, I, I mean, even myself, when I, I, I grew up Latino, right? Not native, so separate from our, my own DNA. Right? So when I came back home, it was like, ah, you're too good for us now. Or it's like, mm-hmm. you know, even like my brothers would say, oh, you think you're better than us now. It's like, because like, because this is what I, I did, what I thought I was supposed to do. Stay out of trouble, go to school, get an education, come back, be able to bring it here, be able to help my community. But they were like pointing fingers at me like, hey, who who do you think you are now? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, big time now, oh. Yeah. And it and it it always left something you know, feeling s- left me feeling so confused about. Oh, well, what sh- what should I be doing with this education? Mm-hmm. What what good is it if um, if 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 I'm going back to my community and they don't necessarily want that or they're not ready for that? Um, so what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then what again goes back to the question of like, what is my community and? And I just wonder about, like, the education period, like, is, is this, like what you were talking about, Lucas, and the biology and anthropology, it feels like we're, that what education wants to do is separate everything, and reductiveness, this reductive mentality, um, it's like this study and this study, and we're going to just pull these concepts from different wisdom ways of thinking, but they're all separate. So when you go and you try to reapply them, well, in their separateness, they don't make any sense, but in the holistic and the totality is why it made sense for so many indigenous peoples. Mm.
2: Um, the thing, do you think, um, Lucas, specifically, that one of the ways that we're looking for a solution... I don't like the word either, a goal, I don't like that, because I don't think we're solution-oriented people, because we're we're here. And so one of the things that I'm thinking is, because post-capitalism, are we ready for that? Have we been surviving in post-capitalism since 1492? But we don't recognize that. You see what I mean? If we, we, do we survive post-academic? Thought process that take us away from who we are, do we get civilized, domicile, domesticated rather than that infinite wisdom of of being wild and being free mm-hmm. did we have we forgot how to be free because we seem to be creating a lot of mind junk
0: mm-hmm. you know one question that you could ask
2: yourself is then if
0: were we ever free, like free from what, free from who where? So um that's something that comes to mind, and when I think about those terms like post capitalism and one term that uh, when I was studying sociology right back way back in time, um, we were debating a lot about post modernity if it was a thing like are we in post but um what does it matter? you know are we in, in, what does it matter? And if you really study that and think about it, no, we're not, because there are some things that, that define what modernity is, and we're not surpassed what, what that, that is. And the f- same thing about capitalism. Uh, did we surpass everything that makes capitalism capitalism? No, we're just like, that thing is just growing and growing and growing even more. Like with digital society, as you were speaking, Kapiolani, mm-hmm. about those screens and digital media, mm-hmm. um, the rate that things are sold nowadays and that you can sell and um, turn everything into a product nowadays is way bigger than it was before. Mm-hmm. Maybe post-capitalism is just that increase of the rate that capitalism itself it works. How can we overcome that? It's uh a good question but i think thinking about those stuff thinking about those native ways of thinking it's it's always the first answer for that
3: mm-hmm.
0: right?
1: yeah that's, that's interesting because i've been thinking too if okay i'm i'm native i want to live in the present um what would what would a native who has access to technology want to do and senator you've been doing it for what 30 years now right um this concept that we can actually use waves to transmit um, to other people all over the world, or um, in you know across the world. Um, as a native person, I would say, okay, how can we now use this technology to be able to support and serve and protect our children, protect the earth, protect the water? What can we do to actually combine that, integrate that? Um, not fully, but use that, use the power of our heart and what we really believe in, um, in service of others through these um, modern means, right, technology. But not allow it to take us
2: over. Real yeah. important, you know, and, and I feel what we could talk about, but time's running out, is a chance to let people know how we think, what we talk about. It's not Wall Street and it's not the war going on over there in Ukraine. The, they tell us we're supposed to be concerned about that. But I think what we are really talking about is we're concerned about the earth. You know, how do we keep these these ways of the earth alive without giving up too much? Right? So it feels more like a full spectrum thought process, a little round table here. Full spectrum. We came from different areas and we have our education, and we're kind of using that. Could we use it more? In this society, we can use it more, but can we use it in our own culture? Because that's so full of culture. So it's like, I'm not going to take my education, go home and proselytize that, but this is what you need, right, when they're already in relationship with with the earth. Well, it's time to move on. I'm so glad you're here, Lucas Zatoba. Thank you for joining us, and Jonathan Gonzalez, thank you for joining us. Kapiolani Larinal, thank you for joining us. And First Voices Radio, um, any quick words? Quick. Quick. <laughs> um, obrigado, tio. Uh, obrigado, Jonathan. Obrigado, Kapiolani. Thank you
0: for all of you.
3: Han, han, katu.
2: <laughs> so there we go. Thank you for joining us on First Voices Radio. My name is Tiocasen Ghost Horse, And you can uh, listen to this Conversation stored in archives here on this station at, and also on First Voices, org for archiving, downloading, listing. So thank you so much for joining us.